Phil, that was uh, Roger Nelson, uh, PhD, uh, you know, coordinator of research at the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Laboratory at Princeton University. You know, that went on for um, a few decades. And it's yeah. amazing that uh, that type of research was done at Princeton. I, I remember hearing about similar research being done, and maybe it's still being done at Duke. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, Princeton, I didn't know. And obviously, uh, you probably, to have a program like that even start there, it must have to go under a lot of scrutiny. And I'm sure uh, a number of highly regarded scientists must have uh, pushed for it, or else it never yeah. would have happened. I, I'm guessing you're probably right. Uh, you know, it, it probably takes at least one person with enough credibility to make a case for it. And, and then, you know, I don't know enough. I'm not in the university <coughs> world, but it wouldn't right. shock me that, uh, you know, the person who really wanted it badly enough, man, you know, had to, you know, find some funding right. outside, outside the university and, and say, hey, you know, this won't cost you much. Right. I'd be curious to see if there was some uh, major funder behind it. And it said, you know, sometimes also uh, the military has a big mm -hmm. interest in this sort of thing because, you know, wh what they're talking about here is uh, studying the interaction of human consciousness with sensitive physical devices, systems, and processes, processes and developing complementary theoretical models to enable, I'm reading this, better understanding of the role of consciousness in the establishment of physical reality. So if there was some angle on that where they did find uh, some um, uh, uh, reproducible ways that one could manipulate the physical environment using human consciousness, yep. that would give one great advantage in all areas, including uh, military. But I, I think it was always this, the changes that they did produce were always so subtle that they weren't able to really apply them to anything in the in the uh, physical world. I I don't know enough to say, but I do remember when I first started getting interested in all this stuff. It was um, revealed that a lot of psychic research was going on in the Soviet Union, what was right. then the Soviet Union, and they had a major uh, investment uh, for national security reasons and military reasons in investigating the powers of the mind and, and what the, you know, kind of what we think of as psychic powers, but that, you know, could perhaps have been used for uh, uh, purposes we think of as military or national security. Wouldn't doubt, I, it wouldn't shock me if we found out the CIA was doing it. The CIA was, was investigating LSD in the early right, days right. LSD research. They had, you know, uh, they had people taking LSD, and they were doing studies on it. I know somebody who was a at the time a young uh, CIA uh, analyst, and he volunteered for the for the experiment. And, wow! And and uh, as a result, left the CIA and came to LA and became a kind of hippie writer but but that you know there's obvious reasons for for investigating yeah, that, that's great subject matter for for a novel for a, yeah. for a book I, you, you know it, it's um uh it, it is fascinating i i remember back you know in the day uh there was um a lot of a lot of talk about this 
and uh, a lot of people were actually hoping uh, to find some of these connections between human consciousness and, and affecting the physical world. And it, it, it was no secret. I mean, a lot of uh, police departments used psychics when right. they were for missing persons and that sort of thing. And, and then people came along like uh, Yuri Geller, uh, yeah, who yeah. convinced a lot of people uh, he could bend spoons using his mind and doing all sorts of things. And then other folks like the amazing Randy uh, yeah, yeah. came out and, and uh, claimed that that was all uh, yeah. uh, being, uh, that was all phony baloney stuff and it was magic. And then there were other people that said, well, no, actually, it was a combination of the two. He could right. actually do certain things that were amazing uh, uh, and it, 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 that, that uh, defied you know, science as we knew it. But at the same time, he was also doing magical stuff. So who knows? You know, and I haven't seen anything fully convincing yet, but uh, there are a lot of very intelligent people that make these claims. And obviously our guest today uh, felt that, that there was something to it. And uh, it, it, it was convincing to him that even though the, subtle, the changes were subtle, uh, that, he, that they were convincing. And this is something yeah. he watched over a long period of time. And I mean, it's hard for me to question him considering his credentials and I think his uh, objectivity in approaching this. Um, and, you know, we had Ed Kelly on uh, a while ago, and listeners should listen to that interview in our archive. Because Ed is also uh, somebody with a, a doctorate in experimental psychology, as I believe, but it was a, definitely a psychologist and is doing a lot of research in this field and in consciousness. But, you know, Roger Nelson's current work or, you know, the work of the last couple of decades has been this global consciousness project, which, you know, uh, w which we talked to him about. Um, and I, I don't want to um, repeat the description of um, the project that he gave us. And I wouldn't take a chance on screwing it up. <laughs> but... Um, it's very interesting stuff that was out to demonstrate and has solid, pretty solid evidence that there's something, you know, we could think of as uh, collective consciousness or global consciousness. And, you know, they, there are certain measurable effects um, uh, that happen in uh, uh, the data when there are world events that sort of elicit a, a consciousness shift or right. a, a, a new, some new perception or new reality uh, or new concern uh, across the world. And, and that's pretty fascinating. Right. And uh, he, he seemed to say, say that there was significant evidence for that happening when there have been major events taking place in the world. Yeah. And we asked him toward the end, you know, what are, are there practical implications to this? Because we both know there are groups uh, doing um, uh, tr uh, collective, collective spiritual practices with the aim of affecting the larger environment or, you know, the global, mm -hmm. uh, you know, events in the world. And we know that, you know, the TM people have been doing this, um, what they call this, the Maharishi effect or super radiance where, you know, groups of people do uh, their 
spiritual practice together at a certain time, and they claim that there's been changes in the crime rate and other measures of instability and, and social chaos. And uh, I, I'm not sophisticated enough to be able to uh, evaluate the data, and I know there are skeptics and people who who uh, argue against it, but you know other people say that's pretty convincing. And there's other groups doing you know global prayers and you know let's all uh, sit in silence and meditate at these particular times. And and we asked Roger Nelson about what he thinks of those things, and he seemed to think you know based on his research, that they would have a certain efficacy and that these technologies would have a, an effect of beyond the, the boundaries of the, 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 the brains of people uh, doing the practices. Right. I mean, uh, as I look at it, uh, if I sit in my house and I meditate, I certainly have a calming effect on the rest of the house. So if you have, uh, you know, a thousand people doing that in a neighborhood, does it affect the neighborhood? Well, it, it, conceivably, that should be possible. But, but, you know, again, hard science really has to look at it, and the evidence has to be produced and, uh, and scrutinized and, and repeated. Uh, I, I'm all for any of it because right now nothing else seems to be working in the world, uh, you know, working on the, just the, the purely physical level. And certainly yeah. maybe certain things can be done on the level of consciousness, both individual consciousness and a collective consciousness, that uh, can create a, uh, a, 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 a healthy and productive planet. Uh, and, uh, you know, seriously, I mean, uh, I, I think all these things are worth exploring. Because, sure. Uh, who knows? Who knows? And I think the other inhibiting factor in this type of research is the, the instrumentation maybe doesn't exist to measure changes that are this subtle. And I yeah. think at some point uh, there will be instrumentation that is available that makes uh, it easier to, to evaluate this sort of thing. So uh, we'll, we'll have other people on, I'm sure, who haven't been involved in, in similar research and, and uh, uh, maybe some new stuff is going on that we can look into. So if any of our listeners out there are familiar with any of this type of uh, research, please let us know and uh, we'll look into having that, those folks on our show. Okie dokie. Okay, until next time. Uh, Think good thoughts. Okie doke, I will. Over and out.